Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including Matt Lacey, David Walker, Tim Edwards, Illico Elia, Andy Hagen, Jamie Holland, Roland Roberts, Ian Wilkinson, Alistair Harding, Dan Laney, Ian Mercer and John Balshaw. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us for as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ben Smith. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 15, Episode 2, and despite any lack of skills or knowledge, this week we're all social media experts. Ewan is worried about context. Ben gets his walking stick out. And Rafe's gone and done a streak, apparently. Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Hey, hello from very, very dark Copenhagen. Dark, still not a weather, you're McLeod, but welcome no, anyway. I'm just, say, just saying hello. How are you doing? With your bacon and your pastries, you will always be welcome, even if you don't understand mm-hmm. what weather is. Rafe Blanford, unusually quiet. I was just letting you and get his word in their trays, and then I'll talk for the rest of the show. Fair enough. As is your point. Yes. How are you, Rafe yeah. Blanford? I'm feeling actually rather good. Right. Okay, good. Rather good. Fair enough. Now, we neglected last week the things of the week, so we should do ah, things yes. of the week. Ask me why I'm feeling rather good. Oh, well, that's... stuff. Let me just compose my face. Rafe, I care deeply. Tell me about why you're feeling rather good. Well, I've become an influencer. <laughs> an influencer? <laughs> you're not meant to laugh. Okay, no. Uh, well, you did influence me to laugh, so yes. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I finally succumbed. You, you, right, go on then. In what context? I bought some AirPods. Ooh, okay. And we were planning the 361 season, dear listeners. Yes. And I got on a Skype call and I said to myself, I bet it takes about 30 seconds before you and, and Ben start taking the piss out of me for wearing AirPods. I'm afraid I was wrong. You were wrong, I don't even you? think we said hello. <laughs> no, it was 10 seconds. What are you wearing? 10 seconds. <laughs> but I was commenting on, actually, they were quite good. And I was you know, pleasantly surprised. And I influenced my colleagues. And now they've both got AirPods as well. So well, am I not an influencer? Actually, I think what surprised me more than the fact you were an influencer was the fact that we did that planning Skype call. And in the Skype call was Rafe Blanford on his AirPods, connected to his iPhone, using his MacBook, holding his iPad, wearing his iHeart Apple T-shirt. Where is Windows in your life now, Rafe? It's Bamford? in my bag just over there. In your bag. Yeah, no, he tried to make that, but actually I think the Windows phone was somewhere in his property yeah. at that no, point, as he, he, gathering dust. I will say that at, at that particular occasion, I did feel a little bit like a, an Apple evangelist. And I will say <laughs> it's the work machines, but I did buy myself an iPad and I've been enjoying using that. Having had one of the very first original ones, which, Ewan actually kindly imported for me from the US when right, he was visiting the US. And I haven't really had a full-time iPad. I borrowed a device at various times and an iPad Air. But actually, with iOS 11, it kind of made it worthwhile for me because it really has become much more like a 
kind of a laptop some of the improvement there and maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode so i was pleased to be an influencer yes you influenced both you and i to buy airpods in the course of that call uh, which actually you can do now because they're now back in stock they are and you can a buy year them through, into being available I think yeah car phone warehouse will have them available for kind of immediately delivery whereas uh, apple is actually I, still six weeks can i correct you okay can I go correct on. you as of yesterday i was in london yesterday right and it's funny, I didn't, you I, didn't come and see I, us. Yeah. No, it was a flying visit. Sorry. Well, your arms get Not tired. important enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I, I, was, I was in the country for, I don't know, six hours or something, you know, or eight hours. Five hours, 59 minutes, you could have come and visited us for. Exactly. Yeah. I could have come if Blanford had bothered to respond to the WhatsApp message. Anyway, tell us and about he AirPods. He didn't. Anyway, AirPods. I lost mine. <laughs> Having lost imported yours. them. Yeah, I got mine from very.co.uk. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. Nice. Top tip is very.co.uk. I do like them. You get your credit there and you can pay them off whenever you want. Okay, stop the advert. They're not paying us. Go on. They're not, but I'm just a big fan of it. And okay. I, I had them delivered to the UK address and then shipped over. It all was good. And then I flew to Stockholm the other day and I, I don't know what I did with them. Re- I, so, I was furious the whole flipping day because I lost my AirPods. Really annoying. And I love them. And we'll talk about them, I suppose. But let me point out, let me correct you. I went to the Carphone Warehouse yesterday. I took my colleagues. We came out of our very high-powered, very important meeting. And <laughs> he says humbly. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, right, I need AirPods right now. There's a Carphone Warehouse. And I expected them to just get on the train and go back to the, I said, you guys go on. I, before I'm going to, you know, go and look for these AirPods. But they came with me. We went to the Carphone Warehouse in Moorgate. And the guy just went, Earpods? I said, no, 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 AirPods. You know, the wireless AirPods. He went, no, mate. No, we don't have them. Oh, okay. Um, and then my two colleagues looked crestfallen because I had sold them basically on this whole concept of AirPods and they're available. Let's buy them from Carver Warehouse. And then the guy said, oh, look, Carrie's around the corner might have them. And I thought that is unlikely. Unlikely. Went to Carrie's in the square mile. Did they have them? Yes. No. Oh. No, no, they didn't have them. No, no, thank you for playing along there, Blanford. And eventually, it had crestfallen again, came out of Curry's gun. Ah! And by this point, my two colleagues really wanted AirPods. I was quite annoyed. I thought, okay, I'm just going to try Argos because at least you can do a stock check. So I did a stock check, and the Old Street branch said they had them in stock. And my colleagues just looked at me. We hopped in a cab all the way up uh, to Old Street, walked into Argos, and consumed four AirPods. But I tell you what, I had to explain Argos to my two Swedish colleagues. You do what? You do wh- where? It's a shop. You do how? Where you go to buy things, <laughs> but you can't see the things. And there's a book, but you can't take the book out of the shop. But the things are upstairs, but you can't look at them. And you have to look at the things in the book. I don't get there's it. No, and there's Baffling. no book. There's no book. It's, it's all tablet-based, basically, uh, right? I haven't and been in for a while. Well, if you go in, it's really strange because you, you select, you, you see the AirPods and they're right there. It goes, like, in stock. It doesn't tell you how many are in stock. So I... I I've said to my colleagues, look, I'm not sure how many there are in stock. He says, quickly tapping, tapping, tapping. I'll complete my order. <laughs> <laughs> you have to type in a keyword. A memorable word, yes, so you can a go memorable to the counter. You then take that, right, so you say, I want this, and that, that memorable word is now locked to the point. Mean, it's ridiculous. You then go up to the counter, and she says, what's your memorable word? I say, apple. She says, all right. Okay, fine. And then, then it arrives, but my colleagues were just confused, confused. Anyway, I bought some from me, I bought some from my wife. And Ben, have you bought AirPods? I did bought AirPods. You were influenced. Well, I, I was, all right, 
Blanford, I'm going to give you this. I was influenced, but I, I didn't lose mine. So I, I bought them on the day that we spoke. I click and collected them to my local car phone warehouse. Hello, JP, friend of the show, who's just gone to do PR for them. I'm expecting ah. massive opportunities and freebies now from Carphone Warehouse. And they well, they, they, JP, that was just a, a little bit of insight there on Carphone yeah. Warehouse Moorgate. Anyway, I got a fantastic yeah. experience. They arrived. And apart from yeah. the fact I still think I possibly look like a bit of a plonker wearing them, I've come to I, this realisation. I don't think there's a think that you do. Well, I, but I've also do, come to this realisation that I can't okay. see me wearing them. No. Therefore, I'm not sure I care anymore because they are brilliant. And I bought the Beats X because I wanted the advantages of the Apple sort of integrated battery reporting and all that kind of cleverness on my iPhone. And they are good and I've still got them, but the AirPods, the charging in the case, the starting and stopping the music from sensing when they're in your ear, all of those just little touches, they are fantastic. I kind of was a bit hype resilient early on because I didn't think that they would be as good as they are. They're brilliant. Honestly, the only thing I want is volume control on them. It's the only thing yes. that's lacking. Yep. Can I, I, I say the, I do a lot of conference calls and they are really, really, really comfortable for conference mm. calls. Yeah. Really comfortable. I do a lot of conference calls where I just have to press mute and then you have to, to say yes. And then, 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 then just push it. Or, <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, mute. But it's, it's really nice, really efficient. And I, I, I do recommend them. Although you do look an absolute tool wearing them. It, it definitely, definitely, definitely the aesthetics need working on and Surely they'll, they'll fix it in a, a future version. But the usage is so brilliant. They never run out of battery because it's easy for me to charge the case whilst I'm wearing them, which of course yeah. I couldn't do with any other wireless headphones. I think I kind of completely underestimated how much elegance and thought had gone into the real world usage of yeah. these things that, yeah. you know, what looked like a silly case and what looked like annoying charging and all that kind of stuff. It really They've works done well. A lot of work. I have really good. I haven't used my Beats X once since, since I got them. Obviously, I will. Like, I don't think I'm going to listen to music. You know, you know, expect quality music through yeah. these. But I listen to podcasts. I listen to the radio. I listen to YouTube videos or or, or conference mm -hmm. calls like you. And for for the real world, rather than some sort of theoretical magazine oh. audio quality test, you know, which it, I think they're brilliant. And just getting rid of the cables, the wireless part is really good. I will reiterate that, that you do perhaps get a few stares. I mean, walking around uh, Shoreditch, walking around the office, I've definitely had people looking at me as if I'm some kind of weirdo. And I asked them, said, no, no, it wasn't the AirPods. I've been looking at your Instagram feed, which I thought was rather rude and quite distressing. But I did think that was a nice link to talk about this week's ah, topic. Good link. Look what he did there. I know that Ben's been trying to avoid this because... Rafe Blanford's you know, segwaying Snapchat neatly. Snapchat and Ben... I mean, Ewan and I, I think we're mm. Snapchat experts basically now, Thank right? You. right Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I think you were a little bit more advanced than I was. But yes, I did have a Snapchat account, by the way. And there's sort of some less willing or less joyful I, I, I participants. I of that, yes. I yes, did too. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to getting to Snapchat maybe at the back end of this episode, because we did say mm. we'd talk about social media in general, given right. how we're all massive experts in this area. So we're going to talk very knowledgeably about a subject that yeah, it's just a bit opinion-based, but that's all right, right? It's all right, right. Yeah, absolutely, it is all right. I think right, right. For, we, we said this podcast was going to be mobile tech and the world around it. And for me, the thing that is always on my home screen of mobile is some kind of social media app. I don't really see a join between mobile and social media anymore. It's just a different type of comms. But we were talking, you know, before the recording, and I just sort of realised, it was all for me, the whole episode has been triggered by the idea, of what, by the, the reminder that I got the email through from, uh, sort of the notification through from Facebook that said, 
hey, you've been a Facebook user for 10 years. Now, I think I feel like it's been longer looking back, but I've definitely had yeah. a Facebook account for 10 years. And, you know, it does all this kind of celebration video and, you know, here's your favorite pictures and all this kind of stuff. And I locked my account down quite severely for work purposes, you know, a little while ago. But it just made me sort of stop and think, actually, in the 10 years or so that I've been using social media, all the way through from the early days of when we were all, it was mobile geeks talking about mobile, predominantly in Jaiku right. and those sorts of things. And then we those all did Twitter and, and Facebook and those sorts of things. Actually, I think I came to the realization that, to be perfectly blunt, I'd stopped enjoying it. Social media was no longer something I really, particularly Facebook at the time, wasn't something I really enjoyed. And I was going to step back, have a bit of a think about it. And I realized like lots of people have done this, but I kind of felt actually like I finally understood why other people were doing it. And so had a bit of a laundry of social media and started to think from a Snapchat perspective about, well, what would be more fun? What would be better than what I'm doing now? And I might go and try something new. So we'll get to Snapchat in due course. Because I'm not sure it's that. <laughs> but let's just quickly recap social media that you use. You and what have you got? But more importantly, what do you actually use? So I use Twitter now and again, but I have, because of my job, my Twitter account has the Nordea Bank logo on it. I'm a spokesperson for the bank in that context. So I'm very, very limited on what I do and how I use it. And I'm quite happy with that. I could have made a different account, but I thought, no, nah, it doesn't matter. I don't use it. I use it for consuming. I have notifications for a few people, you guys included. Of so course. whenever you do something, I get that pops up on the phone. But other than that, I just don't use it that much. Facebook, I realize after sitting and thinking about it, I use Facebook to consume video. I don't consume any updates, I don't think, or hardly any updates. I, I like a few things now and again. The big problem I've got is context because it's most of the stuff I'm seeing there is completely out of context, and I don't know what context I should be using Facebook in. I'm constantly struggling with it in that I would like to know what you're thinking and what you're experiencing. I'm totally happy to see Blanford's stuff about his concrete and um, all the various things going on with his ducks in the Blanford estate and so on. I'm, that's that I'm quite happy seeing. Likewise, Ben, any photos of uh, you, uh, children, partners, and so on. That, it's lovely. Really, I don't, you know, if you're on vacation, I'm happy to hear about it. And um, I presume, likewise, the issue is for those people that, I, what's the, that I'm friends with on Facebook, but I, I'm not, not, I'm not really caring enough. That's where it all goes to pot for me. It's really, really, really doesn't work at all for me. So I stopped broadcasting. Rarely do you see anything from me. I don't, if you, can you remember the last thing you saw from me on Facebook? No. No. And yeah, I think actually, I don't, I don't. that really aligns closely to mine. Because when we talked about this before the episode, and even you know, when we, we did the prep for this, I kind of felt really negative and I, and I kind of, it just felt like a sort of sea of negativity. So I'm going to try and be a little bit more positive about what I want rather than the things I don't like. But what I want is that people bit. I want to know about your life, you know, where you've gone, how your kids are, sharing those, you know, those photos of first day at school and all those sorts yes, of things. Yes. Because like we're friends and that's the sort of thing you share and the same with family and that sort of thing. But that for me used to be what Facebook was. And that there was some joy in that. I and mean, it wasn't yes. all the time. Like I didn't always want to see, you know, like you could get, oh, it was so relevant. You could get a bit sick of kid photos, but you knew that's yeah, what yeah, you were yeah. getting because you were sharing people's lives. And then yes. 
it started to expand into playing games and sort of throwing sheep at people. And that, and that was a bit, that was a bit of a waste of time and it wasn't really very enjoyable. But now it's become a sort of a, a sharing content consumption thing. And actually people who I do care about their lives and I do want to see updates, I'm not interested in them curating news for me or sharing their updates. And right. the problem, I think the reason I got so disillusioned with Facebook was either lurching from feeling I'm in a bubble. So we've had a couple of elections in the UK and I, the same in the States and sort of either thinking, oh, I'm in a bubble. Everybody around me believes the same things, has the same views, or suddenly being shocked that people I kind of were lo loosely associated with or ex-work colleagues or something like that were sharing some really unpleasant things, you know, kind of politics that weren't just mm -hmm. like, I, I can respect people with different politics to me, but things I found bordering on offensive, you know, sort of things I thought were racist or in poor taste. And around the time of the election, as all the rhetoric sort of ramped up, you know, sat down one morning to eat my breakfast, opened the Facebook app, and there was a picture of a dead child there. One of the migrant boats had collapsed in the Mediterranean and some bodies had been washed up. And it, it was a terrible story and it was a renewed story. But the filter of taste and respect for people yeah, the context, right? seemed yeah, yeah, to have yeah. gone. And I thought, how traumatic is it? Like if I had rushed up to you in the street and slammed a picture of a dead child in your face, you'd say this is completely like a really hostile thing to do. And similarly, there was another story that sticks in my mind about somebody was sharing things about animal abuse and like, let's support an animal charity and don't let people abuse animals and there should be strict legal punishments for people who do. Yeah, absolutely, to all of that. But don't show me animals actually being abused or like, you know, kind of really traumatic images. And it's almost like people had forgotten that, you know, kind of in their interest in sharing things they cared about, the filter, the respect for people, the thought about the context that this is, you're going to deliver this to me on the bus or, the, or over breakfast, are gone. Now, is the issue here, is this user error? Because I know exactly what you mean. And in order for me to get the best possible experience, are we collectively doing it wrong? Should I just remove everybody from Facebook apart from the two of you, for example? That's an interesting point in itself, because I think there's some social etiquette around accepting friends' requests, which is part of the problem. And there are some ways that you can kind of define closer friends and have different circles effectively. But that requires quite a bit of work to set up and it's probably more hassle than it's worth. And I'm sure most people don't do it. Yeah, but, exactly. I looked, thought they went, no, I'm not going to waste my time. But I think there has definitely been a shift in Facebook from that kind of very status update orientated feed to one that is, as Ben suggested, much more about content consumption. At the same time, I still remain somewhat in awe of Facebook because it is one of the most used digital products on the planet. There are 2 billion people on there and yes. the amount of content and the diversity of what you can get on there. You know, and I, I have had the same experience as you, Ben, you know, whether that's around politics and Brexit and that kind of thing. It's actually, there's too much craft and not enough joy. And I absolutely agree with you. I really love finding out about what friends are up to because otherwise I don't keep up to date. And actually I stick with it for that very reason. And actually, it is noticeable that Facebook's algorithms are getting better and that it does tend to surface the things I'm most interested in. But it is that thing that you talk about, that a friend sharing something unexpected. And that's, I think, around also just the rise of content being consumed and distributed off-platform. You know, traditionally, we've always gone to sites or to properties to get it. And yet, actually, a lot of publishers, you know, have four or five times the traffic kind of off-platform. And a lot of that is Facebook and other social media networks. 
And so there's become a great impetus to do that. And that's because obviously there is a financial motivation, both for them in building an audience, but also I think Facebook itself has built a product which is really based around ad sales. And actually, ironically, the Facebook ads, I don't have too much of an issue with because sometimes they can be really very helpful indeed. But of course, that does sort of promote the idea of wanting lots of content consumption, lots of sharing, which has resulted in what I've maybe described as a feed that is polluted. Nonetheless, we should probably step back and recognize that that is absolutely what some people want. And Facebook as a system is probably designed around serving a number of user segments. And we may not fit into that because of our use case. And, you know, but you're right. There is a trend for effectively switching off Facebook and Messenger as well, actually. It's, so it's what I've done. I, first of all, I went oh, cold okay. turkey and I deleted the apps off my phone and I didn't log in. And I realized that after the initial learned thing of I'm on the train, I've got five minutes to kill. I'll just quickly, no, nah, it's not there anymore. You know, and like it, when it stopped being a time killer, I didn't really miss it. And so after two weeks of not accessing it, I went in and I deactivated my account. And I do sort of regret it a bit, but I also feel a bit silly that for probably a couple of years, and certainly at least the last couple of months, I was habitually doing something that on reflection was just making me miserable. Because if I'd invested huge amounts of time in curating my feed and adding and removing people and that kind of stuff, I possibly could have tuned the signal a bit better. But I didn't have hundreds and hundreds. You chose not to, yeah. But I didn't, I I chose not, it wasn't of use, it wasn't something I was prepared to invest a lot of time in. But also, Mm. I didn't have hundreds of people. The problems were coming from people that I would sort of be reticent to sort of cut off completely because they're the kind of people who, in another context, were sharing that information. So I, I kind of said, right, but that's enough. I'm cutting that off. And I do feel like a bit of a digital outcast now because none of those Facebook-enabled services work. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll try, try other stuff. Yeah, so I'm sure you being able to try out Snapchat was a great joy to you. And I suspect there's other channels. <laughs> but one of the things that really resonated with me there was this kind of sense of curation and targeting. And you, and I know talking to you about it, you've almost found Facebook ads, ironically, more useful than some of the content you've got in your feed. It's one of, one of the really interesting things is actually the value I get from Facebook is almost directly linked to the advertising. And it, it, I, we've bought quite a lot from Facebook. I yeah. can't fathom, I, haven't, I don't find this at all. Like for me, Facebook adverts are either invisible because I ignore them or just irrelevant. So what have you bought that's triggered by Facebook? Okay, so the most expensive items we've bought have been... Um, mattresses bed mattresses from, <laughs> as opposed um, to ceiling mattresses well I, don't, I, don't, I thought I should qualify it just in no. case right yeah no it's a yellow yeah, one okay <laughs> it's, a, it's yellow yeah. anyway no we bought two mattresses directly from it really cool well I bought other stuff as well I've bought little, little techy geeky things and then just recently I think obviously Facebook has noted that I have a child a new baby and there's a a thing it's a baby carrier thing that you put on your shoulders and carry your child on they've got a really good deal they've done some retargeting they're using the local facility on, on facebook by saying hey looks like you're in denmark denmark gets yeah. a 20 percent discount it's precisely targeted or not precisely but it's well targeted for me and i'm hopeful that that's just facebook using my demographic information as well, opposed to mm, you know i think it's probably using a lot more than that oh i don't mind it using browsing history but then it doesn't most of my browsing history is done at work. Work isn't connected at all to Facebook. Yes, there is some browsing history going on on my phone, but I, 
I, it looks to me as though the ads that it's using or the ones I'm responding to are the ones that I've given to Facebook. Yeah. Like, um, it knows my location, obviously, and it knows my age. And so there's a popular ad I keep seeing saying, hey, you look like someone who's an expat. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because it's, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, and then are you looking for a pension? Because you can see it's filled in the word Denmark. It looks like you are living in Denmark. And would you be interested in a pension, uh, yeah. pension planning? It's interesting. So, I mean, I just think it's interesting that kind of contextual advertising when it's targeting can work well. And actually, I see it in other social channels and actually kind of want to get onto that because when you've given up on Facebook, I know you're still somewhat active on Instagram, for example. And to me, that feels quite like Facebook did a few years ago because it's much more personal, it's much more a sense of curation. And I mean, people want to go and I think you can follow all of us it does feel like something that can bring quite a lot of satisfaction. Yeah, I, I like, I was just about to say like Instagram is like the perfect social network for me because it's a bit disposable, it's quickly consumed, but the simplicity prevents a lot of the kind of the pain because Facebook was painful because it was hard to just have, you know, just the photos that you wanted or just the updates you wanted. And so it definitely works better for me, but also I don't think I'm doing Instagram in the way that a lot of people are like Instagram is more just kind of my shared camera role. It's things I've seen, it's pictures, it's sometimes it's screenshots. You are know, you whatever. using stories at all? No. And, and that kind of, baff- uh, this, that, that this baffles- is going to be bad for Snapchat then. <laughs> so the whole stories thing baffles me because <laughs> I quite like the Instagram galleries. That's a nice convenient yeah. way to share a group of photos. And obviously you can do videos. And although I don't, I don't really film that many videos. It's just not something that, I would share I have the videos we do film. We film a lot of videos are their private ones of my little boy and we share those mm. in the family. But as a rule, I don't put him on the internet just until yes. he's, until yes. he's old enough to make his own decisions about what he wants mm. to put on the internet. And that's, you know, that's, that's all fine, but I'm completely baffled by the idea of stories. Cause just at the point you're finding this nice, elegant, simple social network. And I'm sort of tolerating the adverts just, you know, they're, yep. they're not too intrusive. And actually, I like cars and I like watches and I like pens and I like gadgets. And that's what Instagram shows me pictures of. So that's fine. The stories appear along the top. And I don't understand really why they're different to a video and a gallery. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, they are, I think it's fair to say, gracefully copied or inherited from uh, Snapchat. And I think it's much more about people who want to tell a bit more of a story that's connected through several items. And of course, they're also ephemeral in that they're a lot more disposable than the images that live forever in your Instagram feed. But I definitely like the idea of Instagram having a bit more curation. I, I, you know, there are pictures of me looking at concrete and bricks and a few other items there. I also, just as an aside, I love the fact that I don't follow very many people. So when I see you make a new update, it pops up fairly quickly in my feed and I see it fairly yes. frequently. But there's always somebody made a three six one gag about the estate or concrete <laughs> before I before I get there. So yeah, thank you. If you do that, thank you. You're making my day happier. I definitely have a higher satisfaction rating from getting the comments in and th- seeing things like that, but also from finding out what other people are up to. And it just seems to be something that appeals more to me at the moment. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves over time because I do think you know you go through phase of what you're interested in. And, you know, I was an early user of uh, Jaiku and so subsequently Twitter. And I still use Twitter, as you described it, for kind of consumption and being alerted mm. to things, but perhaps not so much for kind of tweeting out updates. You know, I will respond to comments and questions that I get in, but it's certainly 
I'm quite a private individual, so I think quite carefully about what I share online. And honestly, I don't think most people are that interested in my life because it's really not very interesting. But kind of the odd bit of uh, commentary... So were you pausing for us to, in- to interrupt you there? Uh, no, because I really would hope you wouldn't. No, well, uh, we, we disagree. I think we no. want to know more. Well, so I want to see you in a lake your... next to a duck yeah. again, you know. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Ben. I, I was hoping you weren't going to mention that one. The taking the geese for a walkies, which was one of the more recent ones, did cause a rather greater <laughs> amount of commentary in person in the office than I was expecting it to. But there is something really nice about that. And um, it's interesting that I think actually the constraints of both Twitter and Instagram, in some sense, it made it more manageable and appealing for me because you can consume it in a lot less time as well. I mean, I think Facebook requires real effort to kind of use effectively actually it's a certain amount of discipline because you kind of have to ignore the stuff that annoys you it's very busy there's loads and loads of products in facebook but i do want to just defend it a little bit in saying there are some fantastic things in there so some of the pages or groups in facebook i find really valuable as a way of keeping up with specific communities or topics and there's some stuff um, i really like there Whereas Instagram is fundamentally limited. It is just sharing of images. So I don't want to throw Facebook out entirely from my life because there's some stuff that's really great, but it does feel a little bit like having to pan for gold dust. Yeah. Here's here's something where we've with a lot of value. So my wife has joined the expat group in Denmark on Facebook. I haven't done so. I haven't really seen what's going on with that, but we are buying a property. And the agent that we're using, who specializes in helping expats who don't speak Danish very well and you know, who don't know how things work, we found this agent from the Facebook group. And it's been a great recommendation. Really, really. In fact, we found a load of stuff from Facebook. And I think those, those, those yeah. private groups remind me of the kind of value and sense of community that Facebook and, and those sorts of things had for me originally, which is you'd find a group of people you were interested in and talk to them about it. And now... I'm much more to the point when I'm, when I'm publishing something on, well, when I was putting stuff on, on Facebook occasionally, normally it replies to things rather than actually my own posts or Twitter. I sort of just have this pause of who cares? Mm. It's a context problem again. Is this yeah. going to have a good outcome or a bad outcome? Because, okay, I was younger and we were more enthusiastic about things and, and maybe there was less politics online and this kind of stuff. But actually, you know, the reason the three of us are probably linked up, the reason that the friendships I have, the load of stuff I learned was about talking to people and exchanging opinions and having friendly disagreements or whatever, you know, kind of finding places where you could go and enthuse about the things you cared about and sort of then find out about those people and sort of form friendships. And the groups became sort of, you know, places where you learned because of that. And that was hugely valuable. But now every time you express an opinion or you answer a question or you, you know, sort of do something even remotely controversial, particularly, I say, over the last couple of months, what with because of the so much of the conversation was political in some regard, it just seems sort of argumentative and unhappy. And no one's mind was getting made up, no one's opinion was getting changed. So I'd sort of say, well, actually, what's it worth? You know, like, will I be happier as a result of engaging in this or not? And so I think your, your use case is quite special there, Ewan. But for me, in general, I just came to this conclusion that. I had sort of forgotten to check whether or not it was a good thing to do. Yeah. You know, and it felt silly. There's so many things in my life that you sort of, you stop and you review, you know, like bank account or car. Insurance. Or what mobile phone should I have or insurance or even like, will I go to the pub with those people from work? 
you know, was that a good night out or will I go and see a different group of friends or whatever? Like you're always making trade-offs and decisions. And yet here I was consistently doing something that I was just sort of making me feel more and more, more and more miserable, more and more alienated from these people that, you know, purportedly were my friends or, you know, yeah. so I think, you know, for me, it was the right thing to turn it off. But actually now I am missing sort of that place to go and have a friendly conversation. And obviously we can do it in WhatsApp, you know, do it by yeah. email, do it face to face still. Mm. But I'm wondering, you know, kind of as this product's evolved into something that doesn't really suit me at the moment, and I didn't turn yeah. it off, what is there to replace it? Where am I going to get my small group that's kind of friendly and helpful and useful to me that's, you know, your equivalent of your expat? Well, isn't that meant to be us? You know, I think that's part of the answer. And actually, one of the things I think interesting about Facebook is it was a kind of a broadcasting, and they've certainly added products. And one of the things we should recognize is Facebook is actually many things to different people, depending on which products you use. I right. mean, we've used groups yeah. as an example. But I'm not sure we can entirely lay this at Facebook's door because I think there are some macro trends that we could talk about here. The one that springs to mind immediately is kind of the rise of dark social, with people actually taking things off public social media and putting them into smaller private groups. And Facebook mm. is an example of that. Actually, WhatsApp and any of the over-the-top messaging services is an example of that, even to an extent sort of uh, Instagram and Snapchat are kind of orientated more around that kind of pattern of behavior. And that's definitely something you see. And actually, you know, from a marketing point of view, it's something of a challenge for brands now, because actually you can't get organic reach through Facebook. You have to do paid advertising. And then how do you think about sharing, and particularly for publishers, you know, Facebook has become arguably less important and more you have to think about your strategies for getting shared through WhatsApp, through Facebook, through Facebook Messenger. But the other macro trend I think is worth talking about is that I honestly think we live in a world that has become kind of more fraught and more partisan since the rise of Facebook. Mm. And, you know, you could ascribe that to a very long-term trend kind of coming off the back of Cold War and the rise of the kind of internet and the computing revolution. And actually, you know, that was something of a golden age and maybe early adopters, and it has now become mass market. And so there's just a lot more scope for conflict and partisan. And that does seem to have coincided with, particularly in the Western Hemisphere, with kind of politics also taking a turn maybe away from the centre, or at least a, a much more combative approach. And I'm probably talking a bit too UK and US specific there, but there is something there that one of the reasons you're seeing kind of unpleasant things is because actually that seems to be dominating the discourse in news and publishing and content production in general. I've got a um, uh, an interesting question for you. Right? Talking about advertising on Facebook, right? Because I'm, I'm coming back at a different view here, Rafe. Right? I'm, I'm going to hold this up and really helpful on a podcast. But basically, I, I just uh, load up the, the Facebook app, which, by the way, is on page three of my apps, right? And the thing that's the advert that's popped up is from Turkish Airlines. So I've never flown Turkish Airlines, and it says, "Enjoy the business class flights departing from Denmark." Right? So there you go. It's, yep. it's geolocated. targeting. Yeah, it's very smart, and it says prices start from about 3,400 uh, krona, which is about 400 pounds, I think, thereabouts. And it says, I learn more. And I, do you know what I'm thinking? Mm, I probably should, because I do. Turkish Airlines does pop up in the list yeah. when I'm looking for international flights, and maybe I should so I click learn more. And this is where I think many people will be horrified. It, learn more, it just takes you to their, their mobile website. Yeah, that is one of the disappointing things. Now, learn more, I'm expecting to. Take me into the business class. Yeah, show me it. Show me it. Because that, that's what the advert is saying. You know, 
meet the best business class experience. It says in the advert. So I say learn more, and it just takes me to the flipping mobile so website. It's still one of the most disappointing things that I think a lot of advertising does not take a mobile first approach. It just follows the patterns from the desktop. It drops you onto a website page and quite often not even about what you're expecting to see. Isn't that And actually there's so much ability to do things deep link into apps and to message and everything else. It's a topic for another podcast. We're all professionals, right? Well, I try try to be. I like to think so. So what about the social network for professionals, Ben? What do you think of LinkedIn? I bet you think that's a fine example of product design. But you've waited this long in the podcast to ask me this question. (laughs) Um, It's horrendous. I hate it. I try to use that word as infrequently as possible because it's a word that has a very special meaning, but it's hostile. LinkedIn's product design is hostile. Its behaviors are hostile. It's completely self-serving in the way that they've designed the product. I resent having to be on it. I use the CV functionality and resent the fact that you're expected as a freelancer to have this central point of reference where people can see your history and career. And, and I don't mind sharing the information, but I resent being nagged to upgrade yeah. all the time. I dislike the way that useful features are broken deliberately so that you'll pay for them rather than adding value. The social feed I find very low value. And I think we'll come back to it in another episode because I could talk about this for another sort of 10 minutes and sorry, that wouldn't be very interesting. But do you use it? I use it the minimum amount I have to, which is um, I have my profile up there. I don't consume any content. I don't share anything on there anymore because I don't find it valuable. But for me, that was one of the easy ones to let go of because it was such a horrible product to use. I never got in the habit of using it daily. And therefore, I could leave it as a sort of a, yeah. a zombie thing. For me, the act of deciding not to use Facebook and to only really use Twitter in a kind of a lightweight, jokey, non-work-related kind of pub conversation way, that was a harder decision because actually I'd pretty much been all in on those things. You know, you could have read all about my life, what I was doing, where I was going, who I was meeting, you know, and kind of actually it was quite a jarring change to say, no, that's not what I want to do. So there's different difference. I mean, I think for all of us, LinkedIn is probably a professional necessity, right? both for advertising yourself and actually finding people in the wider world but there is definitely a a sense of you know it doesn't bring joy and it's got irritations in product design Uh, you and i know you use uh linkedin and actually you're Mm. a paid for member in many cases because actually the value it can add to your business life is i think quite significant uh, but nothing from a personal point of view and that is a distinction linkedin has helped me get a number of jobs it's actually been the connector I do share your, your view there, there Ben. Uh, the interface is a bit annoying at times. However, let me give you a use case that worked. Recently, we have been looking at a, a membership subscription. It's a sizable amount of money. It looked like a good idea to me and my colleagues. And we thought, is it, is it actually any good? And the membership subscription was saying, oh, and you know, you'll get to meet these people and these people, and they love it. Well, what I did is I took out a um, 25 euro equivalent per month subscription on um, LinkedIn, or basically I upgraded my account so that I could send in-mails to 10 of these members of this thing. And I sent them each a note. These are all senior individuals. Just said, hey, uh, this is Ewan, and I'm from this bank in the Nordics, and we're looking at this thing that apparently you're using. Is it any good? I just kind of cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste, send to 10 people. 
And I thought, let's wait and see. And let's just, if, if they like it, then I think that shows we should do this. And goodness me, within 24 hours, I had responses from 10 of those people. And all of them are all around the world, from Australia to West Coast. Fascinating, that response. Yeah. And everybody wrote back going, yeah, it's great, try it. We've been using it for a couple of years. Totally recommend it. And just you know, one line from each of these people was so useful to us. And that, again, comes down to context, because they got that advertisement from me, because it's an in-mail, yeah. and they went, well, that's re- that is relevant. Let me reply to the guy. I think it's interesting that the value driven by that and also you getting jobs, and I think it's happened Mm. to all of us at various times, has had bigger impact on all of our lives and actually some of the decisions we make in our professional lives as well than anything we get from kind of personal social media. Yeah, it's the one we kind of have most hostility towards as a product. I mean, I want to talk about LinkedIn more perhaps in in another episode because there's a lot of other things that it has uses for. But it's interesting, value isn't necessarily directly linked to the kind of product strategy and design. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to LinkedIn. I think you're right in terms of LinkedIn has had a more direct impact on my life and my job. But I think that's mm. also why I feel so hostile towards it because you're holding my next job hostage, you know, and actually you could just as easily be the firm I pay to help me get my next job. And I'd probably be the same transaction with the same outcome, but sold in a different way and delivered with more respect and less user hostility. But let's do Snapchat. We're, we're really low on time. I, I, I've noticed that, Ben. In fact, I almost suspect you of trying to prolong <laughs> this podcast. And as a result of that, I'm going to make a suggestion. I think we can do an initial bit of talk about Snapchat. But mm. Ewan, you've enjoyed using Snapchat, right? Uh-huh. I think it's yes. been a lot of fun. I've, I've definitely yes. enjoyed having a 361 mm. group going and getting into some of the stories. Doing some streaking. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fair to say that Ben, on this occasion, hasn't been the most willing participant, has he? Been a bit old. Yes. So I would propose <laughs> that we can have a bit of a chat about it, but in order mm. to have a full discussion about it, which I think we owe our 361 listeners, we extend this by another week or so and do a little yes. bit more Snapchatting. Testing. And yes. perhaps uh, you could get, uh, you and or, or maybe, actually, no, Ben, I think Ben could get some spectacles. So he could get into the spirit of sharing the right kind of content via Snapchat. I no right. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you for a minute because I I try to be I try to be honest here, but I always try to present my best self. <laughs> this is the first time I've had a new digital experience where I just haven't been able to relate at all. Like I'm so used to walking into a digital experience and going, "That's here. This is here. I'm an expert. I know what I'm doing." Bosh, bosh, bosh you know, because I've got a frame of reference, even if it's new to me. And this is just baffling. I kind of already hate it because it makes me feel alienated and I'm finding it hard. And like, I realized the irony of this is what everybody who I've ever helped with a digital service has felt like, (laughs) you know, this is what all those people who- He doesn't like it. Do Twitter wrong. All those, like, um, all those people- who publish a picture of their kid and then put 27 hashtags, Insta kids, love, hashtag goals, family. And you think, oh, you know, like you're you judge obnoxious. Them silently. Yeah, you judge them so because you're like, you think that that's <laughs> obnoxious. And now all of a sudden, like, I don't know how it works. I can't navigate around it. I don't know the frame of reference. I kind of think I'm going to either embarrass myself or I'm going to do it wrong. And I kind of lurch between thinking, this is a watershed moment for me. Like, Joking aside, I genuinely have just not 
been around, paid enough attention to the trends and are now out of touch. Or alternatively, this is an awful product with no onboarding. If I built a product like this and gave it to a customer, they would turn me away because it's hostile, confusing, blah, blah, blah. And, and like, you know it's used by hundreds of millions of people. Exactly. And, that's kind of- and I can hold these two ideas in my head, which is hundreds of millions of people use it. It can't be terrible. It is terrible. And, you know, kind of going between them because it's funny, actually, I was all ready to say, like, you can get a hundred million people doing something stupid because it's a fad and it's just like a stupid fashion and it could just as easily be sparkly trainers or silly children's toys or it doesn't matter. And then or I fidget spinners. Or fidget spinners. Like there's, there's ways for stupid things to become hugely popular just out of novelty. But like it's been going on a bit long for that and it's a bit too much of a commercial success for so, that. And then I then I was on a plane the other day and I sat next to a teenager who was explaining to her mum Snapchat. And I properly Ooh. did the kind of the, oh, I'm just going to listen over here a little bit. And <laughs> essentially, all she said is, oh, yeah, it's my camera. I'm just taking pictures. Look, I can do funny pictures and sensible pictures, and it's just my camera. Mm. And all my photos yeah. go in here. I'm like, no, 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 it's a social network. You need to have a graph. And, and uh-huh. you can, well, in my head, I'm thinking, no, like this is more like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp. So I think actually, and we are going to talk about this more in another episode, because I think we need to get it into a bit more. And I, I want to get Ewan's initial reaction, but there's a reason that Snapchat described themselves as kind of a camera first company. And I've often seen Snapchat described as a combination of kind of WhatsApp and Facebook. It's kind of that messaging and social content consumption combined. And it's not wrong, but actually there's a reason it opens to the camera screen. And we'll, I guess we'll talk about the interface maybe later. I mean, I know... I hate it. I've never spent so much time looking up my own nose. All right, let's <laughs> open the app. And there's a picture of, well, there's a picture of me, but it's like that, that unflattering, well, they're all unflattering pictures, but that unflattering picture where it sort of shoots up from the table, up, you know, like he's this, I mean, this I'm, I'm sweaty, sure... nose-dominating man in this photo. I'm like, why, I... why are you taking a picture of me? You know... Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this because I actually think it's one of those things that almost describes an expert uh, system you are in that you need to know how to use it and then it becomes remarkably efficient to use. And actually, that's why you will see this teenager who is demonstrating probably going through hundreds of photos and sending you know, thousands of snaps and actually kind of looking at the usage statistics. I mean, mm. I, honestly, I find it mind-blowing because in my usage, it, it is fairly, I would say, low frequency and not that much. It's with a few friends. I've enjoyed doing it with uh, yourself and, and Ewan because I think it's been mm. fun to do it. Uh, I mean, Ewan, what's kind of your take? I think it's a really, really smart interface. It's completely baffling and designed for photos, right? And you know, that's why it takes you, when you launch the thing, it goes straight into photos. There is no messing around. The interface is tuned. Yeah, it's super quick and tuned to a really, really smart, quick, fast interruption. Uh, in interaction. And I, um, well, that's interesting, interruption, because it is an interruption as well. I am very, very impressed by their user interface. It is not one that I am entirely comfortable with. Really. And I would right. agree with you. I have to be honest mm. and say it took me a bit of work to get into it, and actually I've been using it more frequently now as part of this kind of uh, challenge, if you like. But it did make me think, this is actually one of the interfaces that feels like it's thrown away all the rules from previous digital yep. interfaces, which is why I think it's confusing for people who would normally consider themselves digital natives. 
but it absolutely is a mobile first interface. And actually so much of the stuff we do in other mobile apps has kind of been inherited from the web. Now, be that a burger menu or a tab bar yep. a lot along yep. the bottom. And actually, if you think about the way Snapchat operates with a lot of swiping, kind of long touches on the screen, actually mm. suddenly, once you make that conceptual leap, I actually think it's one of the really very best kind of interfaces that it is mobile first. And so for people who are kind of completely native around that, it's going to be something that's easy to use. And that's why I describe it as an expert system. Yes, you know, you kind of need to get it. But once you do that, actually the ability to add filters very quickly or, you know, to do some of the augmented reality stuff no, or no, get into the stories and the consumption of that, it, it is fast. It's user hostile. You open on a camera and it says it's a camera app. I was like, okay, fine. Then you swipe sideways and you're in a messaging app. And it's like, okay, yes. fine. But then you swipe the wrong way to go back. So you don't, sw- on an iPhone, you don't swipe from the left to go back through a screen. You click to the right. And then uh-huh. you go to the right. And all right. of a sudden, I'm in a magazine, which is just like, I've gone okay. through the locking glass now. And then if I do a pinch, <laughs> I'm on a map. Like, since when has pinching on a camera opened a map? Pinching on a camera zooms me out. It's like, but we've already- this is Snapchat just. Taking the piss. We've already spoken about Facebook has become such a complex product. It's kind of hard to get the value out of it. Actually, Snapchat is really impressive for the amount of things that it does. Actually, there's a relatively small number of controls and it's very quick to switch between those modes. Now, I do agree with you. Actually, I kind of had that initial horror, but now I've sort of had a a chance and actually a reason to kind of use it more. Mm. So I've been using it with other friends and family members as well. I'm afraid Ben is suffering from grumpy old man syndrome. I think, I think he is. I think he is. But I, we have to give him the balance of the doubt, which is why I think we need to let him week, enjoy, yeah. or maybe I should say inflict Snapchat on him for another week. I'm, Can I, I just say one, one of the problems I've had, Ben, and this may, you may be able to identify with this, is I've been trying to do these streaking with you guys, right, which is probably not a quote you would normally Ascribe to us. I just I need to go and have a bit of a sit down actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been taking photos all over the place. Just in trying to play with this, I've been taking photos it's fun a lot. Because it's we fun, saw a lot, really a lot more of your life. Yeah, you can see more what's going on. One of the problems though is all the people that I'm surrounded by, all the suits on the plane, they're all looking at me going, Why is he taking a photo of the seat? <laughs> you know, why is he taking a photo of the, the escalator? What because people around yeah, me are yeah. going, What are you doing? Absolutely right. And that I'm having to deal with. I can imagine that there are people listening to this who know what they're talking about with regards to social media saying, you don't understand it because it's not for you. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the idea that Snapchat might not be for me. But what horrifies me is the idea that this kind of interface is okay. Like this is hostile and this will alienate people. And it's faster. It's not hostile, it's faster. Well, okay, let's. I want to get a photo to you. Well, the first thing you do when you launch it is it goes straight into photo, right? Because that's what you want to do, right? Let's play it. Let's bring it up. It's on my front page here, so bring it up. Okay, right. Bang, straight into photo. Take a photo, right? Okay, I'm not going to add anything to it. I'm going to press it, the button. And then there we go. We're, we're 361 geniuses. That's our one. Done. Send. Done. You've now got the notification. That was really, really flipping quick. Now, let me just try that once more. I'm going to talk you through it, right? I tap the icon straight into camera. I've taken the picture. I'm now my thumb tap to take the picture. The next one is the blue icon. That's I'm not adding any text. Next. And then I'm tapping on the chat, the send to. Then tap again. Done. It's really, really quick. Now just swipe up for me. 
I'm on I'm on, I'm on the chat page. Okay, now, now I'm swiping up. Yeah. My memories. Swipe down, yeah. Okay. And, and then swipe right and then swipe right again. Yeah, yeah. It's a magazine. It's like, whoa, yeah. what happened there? I was actress so talented they played twins. Mum to be Kim shines in silver. Just I No, Ben, you're gonna have to use it more. We're out of time. I will concede we will use it more. If you want to connect to us on Snapchat, if you I don't even know what the words are on this. I am bensmith.uk. Help, please. Send help. Help me understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. I'm willing to be persuaded, but I just don't fathom it. And I don't see how this is better than Facebook. Like Facebook was a tremendous amount of work to try and get something valuable out of it. This is just baffling. It feels like I need to be engaged with it all the time. Otherwise, it's no value to me at all. Okay, so I'm Rafe Blanford on Snapchat. And I'm getting great joy from, I'm not sure whether I'm getting more joy from Ben's pain in using Snapchat or Ewan's pictures of escalators. <laughs> I am baffled. I am baffled. We'll pick up on it next week. I also just want to touch on, uh, in a slightly more sensible segment, I also just want to touch on the news piece as well, because I was just browsing through that earlier. And though I am baffled by why you'd put news to the right of the camera, because it doesn't feel joined up, I'm just clicking through news articles and like some fairly serious publications like the Telegraph, mainstream media, have put some pretty serious news stories up there, just jingly, jangly music. Hey, click through if you'd like to see the terrible thing. Press the next button for the terrible picture. Hey, do you think these people's homes survived the terrible flooding? No, look at their terrible lives. You know, it's just, (laughs) again, I'm already getting that sense of kind of context and respect and those kinds of things that I felt was missing in Facebook. It's just like pushing everything into the same format and I don't know, it, it already feels a little bit worrying. So we'll come back. I'm going to have a look, proper look at the uh, stories and perhaps we'll chat about it next week. But we'll pick up with that because we are properly over time. If you're a Snapchat expert, you can get in touch with us at 361podcast on Twitter or 361podcast.com. You can write to us in public or email us in private if you'd like to give us some feedback. I certainly would like any advice you've got. We want to say thank you to marketaudiorangler.co.uk for editing this. Thank you to Digitas LBI for providing Rafe Blanford and the facilities we're recording in. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You continue to support the podcast and help me feel marginally less baffled as I look around the world and try to understand what's happening on the internet. That much I understand. Thank you very much for your support. We will be back next week and we will be announcing this season's challenge. We'll be looking at cryptocurrencies and all the things associated with Bitcoin and things like that. We will be kicking off an exciting challenge. Rafe Blanford, back on home turf for me because I'm obviously completely an expert at this. I'm not, but I'm going to read up next week. So go and do your cryptocurrency feedback. We will be running a challenge, including who can make the most money, but also some slightly more interesting things like, what can you buy with cryptocurrencies? Mm. Okay. Ewan, I suspect you're going to be an absolute expert at this. Well, thank you. There you go with all your... As in all no, things. I'm just, I'm just leaving your, it there. You're banking <laughs> and your executive hair. We will be back yeah. next week. Right on. Talking about mobile businesses, talking about cryptocurrencies and following up Snapchat. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.